Hey, Boondockers, where are you staying tonight? I'm Jeremy Storton. I'm an advanced Cicerone, host of the Good Beer Matters podcast, and an occasional traveler. I'll be your host as we search for a great place to stay and a happier life on the road. This is the Roads and Stays Audio Magazine, the best 30 minutes you'll spend all day. Bring joy back to your email with the RV Hacks and Humor Newsletter. Our monthly email is packed with memes, videos, guides, and news straight to your inbox. Subscribe today via the link in our description box. Hey there, travelers. Welcome back to the Roads and Stays audio magazine from Harvest Hosts. In the lead story, I'm going to talk with an expert about writing, journalism, and transitioning from tent camping to trailers. We also talk about finding the best trailer for you. But my guest also answers the question, how can women become empowered girl campers? But first, here's the latest in RV news. Today's host highlight comes from Happy Bassett Brewing Company in Topeka, Kansas. Happy Bassett Brewing Company is exactly what you thought it would be from the name, a dog-loving brewery. This brewery is on 11 acres, has live music Fridays and Saturdays, and has a bark park. If you travel with your dog as your co-pilot, you should stop in for a bite, a bowl, and a beer next time you're in Topeka. There is a new concept travel trailer from Airstream and Porsche. Airstream and Porsche have collaborated to create a top-of-the-line concept travel trailer. It's packed with innovations that will leave potential RV owners speechless. Some of these innovations include its aerodynamics, trailer weight, and its uber-posh interior. One of the best features is its size. The Airstream is garageable due to an automatic suspension that lowers to fit in common garages. In breaking news, Congress finally agrees on the outdoors. Congress has proposed the Great American Outdoors Act, which will bring much-needed funding to the United States Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management, and the United States Fish and Wildlife Services. This could be great news for all outdoor enthusiasts, including RVers. With the increase in RVers on the road, the public lands are becoming even more valuable to our mental and emotional health. With the passing of this act, it's clear the federal government is acknowledging the importance of nature and is responding. A rattlesnake vaccine for dogs. Depending on where you live and travel, rattlesnakes are part of nature and curious pups are vulnerable to getting bit. Besides rattlesnake avoidance training, vaccines are available for your dog as well. While the vaccine doesn't create complete immunity, it does reduce the impact of the bite and helps with any potential long-term effects. Ask your local vet if this is something you should consider for your furry best friend. Brit Stops joins the Harvest Host family. In March 2023, Harvest Hosts added a new family member. Brit Stops began in 2010 and grew a network of over a thousand locations across the United Kingdom and Ireland. With a similar mission to Harvest Hosts, it was a no-brainer for the two to become one. Brit Stops is Harvest Hosts' first push into the European market. With a Brit Stops membership, you'll get a chance to see a different side of the UK and Ireland than you would traditionally with an organized tour. Plus, You'll be traveling in an RV, and everything is better in an RV. 
a camping program built by campers for campers. We are thrilled to announce the launch of our brand new campground discount and perks program, Campers Card. As passionate advocates for the RV and camping lifestyle, we want to create a program that would make camping more affordable and enjoyable for our members. With Campers Card, you can save on camping fees at participating campgrounds across North America, giving you the freedom to explore and camp more often. Maybe Harvest Host didn't work for you because you prefer hookups or you just prefer staying in designated campgrounds. Campers Card is the perfect balance between saving money and still getting to enjoy all the perks of staying at a quality campground. Small towns scattered from sea to sea have a ton to offer, but accessing them isn't always easy. With Harvest Hosts and Boondockers Welcome, you'll have the chance to stay at local farms, wineries, golf courses, private properties, and more. The all-access plan gives you unlimited overnight stays with the largest and most fun camping network at over 7,000 locations across North America, without any camping fees. One yearly fee is the same cost as three to four nights at a typical campsite. Say goodbye to Wally docking and instead wake up on the farm. And now onto the show. Well, welcome back to the Roads and Stays Audio Magazine. Uh, today, we're going to talk to, uh, well, my, my new friend, Kim. We're going to talk about camping, both in tents and in trailers, because you and I both have that in common. Um, I, I got to say, I still I still love a, a good tent trip, but, you know, I'm getting old enough now where uh, that trailer just seems <laughs> really, really nice. But um, we're going to, we're launching that in a little bit. Kim, will you please introduce yourself to us? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Kim Foley McKinnon. I am a journalist, an author, an editor um, of Girl Camper Magazine. Um, I've written books about New England primarily and uh, travel content for a lot of different people. Um, and like Jeremy said, I've done everything from tent camping to sleeping in a hammock to um, my latest tiny fiberglass egg. And uh, well, let's let's start right here. Do you have a a favorite uh, between you know really really roughing it in a tent versus uh, a trailer or even in a rustic cabin? Do you have a, a favorite experience? You know, I can't do favorites. I'm really bad at that. Um, I think it depends on where you are, what the circumstances are. If you've hiked in somewhere that no one else can get to, and you pop up your tent, then that's a really special, unique. Um, experience. But if you want to sleep off the ground in the pouring rain in a campground, well, your camper is the way to go for that. Yeah, that I think that was very diplomatic, but I think I'd kind of side <laughs> with you on, on that one. It's the experiences are different. I mean, you know, being way out in the middle of the wilderness and, and opening up my tent doors to this beautiful lake with a mountain behind it, you know, that's unparalleled. But but uh, being in a trailer in a cold, wintry Oregon coast with the foghorn out in the out in the um, in the you know the bay is just it, that's also kind of neat. Um, so let, let's we'll we'll circle back around to the whole camping thing. Uh, let, let's talk about um, you. You write about travel and you write about food as you travel and as you eat. Tell us about uh, your role and your work that you do. 
So I have been, like I said, a journalist for quite some time and uh, primarily uh, in the travel industry. And you, I mean, there's no travel without food. Uh, so I always seek out unique experiences that way and, and um, local, um, I don't eat at chains if I can help it ever. Um, I try to do a lot of research into the destination where I'm going. Um, I've written for the Boston Globe, I live in Boston, um, and different uh, AAA magazines as well. And uh, you're just always looking into finding what maybe everyone else isn't doing um, and, and finding a story for yourself. So when you look for stories, um, or actually, actually, let me, let me backpedal a little bit. Um, this, this was something that came up in my world uh, just earlier this week, and I, it was kind of interesting. And maybe you can explain this, because there are a lot of people that are going out, traveling in their RV, uh, blogging, um, you know, th- that sort of stuff. But how would you define the difference between a reporter and a journalist? and a, a blogger. I mean, how do you, uh, how do you, it seems there's a decent amount of overlap to the, uh, the lay person. How would you define those three? <laughs> this is a fraught topic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's get right into the scandal. Yeah. Well, I'll also, I have to tell you that I'm the president of SATW, which is the society of American travel writers. And we have all sorts of content creators from traditional print journalists to digital publishers. Um, you know, there was a school of thought that journalists were went to school and studied journalism, and, and that is absolutely true. But, you know, for if you're a good writer, you're a good writer, and that's how I approach it. Um, I did go the traditional route, but everyone doesn't need to do that. And if, if you have... Um, something to say and that is backed up with fact and that you've experienced and you can talk about with authority, then I think you are, you're a writer. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not here to be the gatekeeper on what is, who is qualified or not qualified. So, so we're all part of the same team is kind of what I'm hearing. It's just every, everyone's going to carve out their, their little niche and their own little path down that writer's road. But do I hear you correctly saying that if you're a writer, we're all part of the same team? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think that if you are genuine and truthful and have something interesting to say, um, people will find you. And um, whether it's about camping or about burritos or, you know, about children's shoes, you know, people will find you uh, where you are. And um, I think if you can write with authority and uh, that's that's where you need to come from. And, and I love that. Yeah, writing with authority just means that I know what I'm talking about. But to tell that story, to take you, the reader, and to suck you into my world and have you enjoy every minute of it, that takes practice. That takes talent. Um, what advice would you give to those people who are trying to write, who are trying to blog or write articles? Do you have anything you want to tell them? I mean, I I was told this when I was younger, and I, I tell this to anyone who aspires to write, is to be a good writer, you need to be a good reader. And you should be reading everything from, like, silly magazines to historical tomes. The more that you read, it makes you a better writer. Uh, It makes you more well-rounded and gives you a different perspective on the world. You know, and, and I personally, I have a swipe file. Um, I have, uh, 
you know, uh, when I'm trying to write something and I'm just not getting into my groove, I'll go read. uh, I've got a few uh, articles that I read to kind of get me into that mindset. And then I go off in my own thing. And that, that really helps kind of get my mind warmed up. Um, do you have a, a, a pre writing routine that you follow along those lines? I do a thousand drafts of everything. Um, and I also think it is a, a really good idea to read your own work out loud. Um, when you read, yeah, what you've written out loud, you figure out the stumbling blocks in your language or what you forgot. And then the other thing is like, someone should always read your work, someone else, a friend. I mean, if you're lucky enough to have an editor, great. If you're not um, a partner, a friend, your kid in college, anyone, because they will see things that you have overlooked. Um, And the more that you're working on a draft, the more you miss things because you're skimming because you already wrote it and you already read it several times. So someone else, fresh eyes, always a good idea. Yeah. I I've learned that when I write, I don't use contractions. Um, so like, uh, you know, it is something that I would not do if I were, uh, uh, writing, but it's something I wouldn't do if I were speaking. It's, it's, I don't know why it's like my brain separates in half. So uh, that is an excellent advice to anyone out there who's thinking I should start writing. And you mentioned uh, if you want to be a better writer, be a reader. So does that mean to say that if you're a travel writer or a food writer, you should be a better traveler and a better eater as well? (laughs) We should all be good, uh, polite, uh, thoughtful travelers and eaters. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. And, and, and being a beer guy and a beer writer, we should be mindful about what we're tasting and enjoying and, and tell, tell the world about it. Um, yes. <laughs> right. Um, the other thing you mentioned too, that, uh, I, I'm personally not very aware of, I'm, I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth on this one. Um, but tell us more about girl camper. So Girl Camper was the idea of uh, Janine Pettit several years ago, and she started a podcast, not a not a video podcast, but she started a podcast because she started camping by herself and realized there wasn't a, a lot of content for women camping. And she called it Girl Camper specifically because camping makes her feel like a girl and the happiness and joy that she had with her family when she was a child. And so it's not to say uh, it was excluding anyone or it's for children, it's for uh, women. Uh, So she did the podcast and then she started a website and then she started um, having state guides across the country who put on events. And then in 2020, and this is where I come into this picture, uh, she started um, a magazine, a print, a gorgeous uh, print magazine that comes out quarterly. And um, she found me because I, in 2020, you know, pretty significant year, um, I wanted to get out of my house and I didn't want to tent camp because a lot of campgrounds were, um, the facilities were closed. So I bought my little scamp and started just posting on Twitter and, you know, different social media. And so um, she found me and I started writing for the magazine. And so that's how I became um, involved. And and so who is this? I'm sorry, this is going to sound like a dumb question. So everyone listening right now, please bear with me, please forgive me. But who is Girl Camper for? What is your specific 
target audience besides the obvious? Um, Girl Camper is for anyone who wants to enjoy the outdoors, wants some support, and wants to learn about camping. Um, a lot of things, and we don't bash men, but a lot of of outdoor magazines and products and media are targeted to to men. And so yep, we want women great. to feel comfortable in that space as well. That said, you know, I have a husband, he comes camping with me. I think in our media, our magazine, our website, our social media, everything, I mean, you don't, it doesn't matter um, if you're a man, a woman, whatever gender you are, if you want to learn how to cook um, a great uh, Dutch oven recipe, I mean, that is for everybody. How to yeah. build a fire better, what kinds of um, tools do you need to change your RV tire? It's content that's for everyone. But, but you know, we do have specific things that are, are tar you know, that are for women or of interest to women, you know, that are around safety and, um, you know, and we love a good, fun, decorated uh, camper. So we, we talk about that kind of stuff too. Did you know that Roads and Stays is also a magazine? We cover RV news, personal stories, and keep you in the know on tips, discounts, and future events. So what are you waiting for? Download Roads and Stays today. Would it be fair to say that this is information that everyone could benefit from? Absolutely. But, but, uh, but there's also the female demographic that needs to be empowered a little bit. Exactly. And that's what we want to do. We want to empower women to get out there um, and, and go places and do things, which is our tagline. It, and that's fantastic. I mean, I don't have a lot of uh, experience being a girl camper, um, uh, but some of the, the women in my life that I've spoken to is just kind of a, a natural default where, um, like, you know, if, if we have to back up a boat or back up a trailer, my wife will get out of the car. If she's driving, then I'm the one who has to back it up. And, and I have no problem doing that, but, but, you know, everyone can back up a trailer. Yes. Yeah. And, and this is a huge topic with us. Yeah. You, Jeremy, were not born with the skill to back up a trailer or a boat or whatever. No, no. It's a learned skill, just yeah. like anything else. And you learn how to drive a car, you learn how to drive a motorcycle, you learn how to uh, run a boat. You can learn how to back up. Yeah. It's all it's figure outable. It's all <laughs> exactly. figure outable. And, yep. and, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of people that step backwards in line so that I'm the one who's automatically volunteered to back the trailer up, but yep. it doesn't have to be that way. Um, so and by speaking the way, of, I'm the one I usually backing up the scamp right on <laughs> here. Let, let me, let me high five you on screen real quick. Um, uh, cause just to see anyone back up a trailer, uh, particularly the smaller trailers, those are trickier than the big ones. Um, to see anyone back up any trailer of any size of any nature and do it with, with some grace is, is an impressive thing. You notice uh, when you get to a campground, if there's anyone else there, as soon as someone starts backing up, everyone grabs a beer and they come out to watch. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let's, let's see how good they are. Yep. Always. Um. So uh, we I just kind of stepped on um, a, a great little topic that I kind of wanted to explore. Um, 
you know, big trailers, small trailers, they're fun. Uh, you've chosen a, uh, uh, if I remember right, correct me if it was a 1980 scamp. It was, uh, how, how big is it? So it's a 1981 13-foot scamp. Oh, I was way off. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> uh, so why a small trailer versus something bigger and more modern and more luxurious with like five fireplaces? You know what? Well, for, for a couple of reasons. We didn't, we've, that was our first trailer, or it is our first trailer. So we thought we should probably start off with something tiny. Um, and the other thing is we live in Boston. We live in the city of Boston. And if we want to, and we did this for the, a couple of years, we can park it in our driveway. We can back it into our driveway. Yeah. Um, I couldn't do that with a 48 foot, you know, palace. So yeah. uh, it was very convenient. And that's that seems to be the challenge because as soon as that 48 foot fifth wheel, uh, you know, with all the fireplaces and the granite countertops, as soon as that is parked, it's like, that's where I want to go hang out because there's so much space and there's room, but I don't want to tow that thing. And I don't want the gas bill for towing that thing. Um, there's something to be said about something smaller, uh, easier and easier to drive through city streets, uh, getting to your uh, waypoint. So just trying to find that perfect size that is the best of both worlds. Is yeah, this, really, is this yeah, camp it, the best of both worlds for you? It is for us. I mean, I, I can take it out for the weekend. It's just, you know, it's very easy. We've used it a lot to just go around New England. And like you said, it can go on any road. I mean, you, if you think about the average landscaper who has a trailer with all of their lawnmowers and all their gear, mm -hmm. the scamp is actually compared to some of those smaller and those, those people are going through the city seat streets and so we can as well i mean we get a lot of looks for sure but um it isn't a huge big deal to drive around a city with it yeah uh it's funny i you know going through downtown areas uh i don't see the only trailers i see going through those areas are usually uh, commercial drivers uh professional drivers um and thankfully i don't see a lot of of people with their weekender trailers or their you know, 35 foot, uh, fifth wheels going through there. Um, just because it's, it's tricky, it's stressful. Um, and all just so you can have the lap of luxury when you get there, but it's, I don't know if it's worth it on going through some of those roads. No, <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that personally. No, uh, we had a, uh, uh, 18, uh, footer some years ago and, and, you know, it, it worked, you know, especially if, um, if it's a little tight inside, then you go sit outside and enjoy nature. If it, if the weather's a little bit rough then you go inside and it's just fine. And it was uh, intimate and it was wonderful. Um, yeah. yeah, my first thing was a Westphalia van. And I mean, talk about intimate, you know, we, we bring people in there to have dinner and when the window was up and it was, it was great. It was fantastic. Yeah. I, um, that's one of the things on my list that I want next, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I want my van back. Um, so what are your plans and goals for the future? I mean, if 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 you are reasonably new to the RV world, but you've been riding your whole life, I mean, what's next on your on your bucket list? Well, I'm still um, I have a lot to learn about the RV industry and the whole um, the whole industry. But there's always something for me to discover new places to go. Um, 
we didn't really, we haven't talked about Harvest Host much yet, but I love it because then you go to new places and I have mm -hmm. been to several places I probably never would have been otherwise. And, um, and that's really fun for me and I can write about that and you, you meet new people. And uh, so I, I love that kind of stuff. I anticipate I'll be doing more of that. Um, it might be, you know, I've written several books. It might be fun to do an RV book down the, the road sometime, maybe a, a travel one. Um, but I'm not quite sure. Well, and, and I imagine uh, that would make for a great start of the story uh, when you're writing a piece about uh, food and travel, when you're sitting at this beautiful brewery or beautiful winery and, uh, and, you're, and you've got that blinking cursor and you're like <laughs> the, the dreaded blank sheet with the blinking cursor and you're like and go um i would imagine that it is a fodder for better stories when you're absolutely. doing something out of the ordinary absolutely yeah um uh, let's talk about real quick before we run out of time let's talk about favorite gear that uh that you bring with you, you know, when you're heading off to place to write about food um and and you've got your uh, scamp with you what's your favorite gear that you want to bring with you well and this is an ever-evolving list but <laughs> um i learned pretty quickly that even when i'm alone the scamp can feel pretty tiny after a while so i do have a pop-up uh patio that I put over the picnic table outside. So I don't go camping without that. And I can set that up by myself, and, um, which is really nice. Some of them are giant and they, you need a couple people. This doesn't have any poles or stakes or anything. I mean, I mean there's stakes if you need them, but um, I can pop it up and that becomes my outdoor living room in general. Oh, and fantastic. so then because it's my living room, I need to be comfortable. So I have, I have solar lights that I put up um, I do bring, yeah, I won't go through my whole list, but I definitely bring an extension cord so I can have a kettle outside in case I don't feel like putting on the propane and the scamp to heat up coffee or whatever. Um, so those are probably my top, my top things. <laughs> Great. Well, and, and last really big question is, uh, what are your uh, tips or advice to women who, who want to break through this barrier of camping either alone or just being more comfortable camping in general? So, um, I mean, to, you know, to sell girl camper, we have hundreds of events across the country year round they, and they're not all camping. Um, exactly. There can be a five day river rafting trip or there can be a one day hike. And then we also do a bunch of intro camping, like two nights camping, learn how to change the electric in your, in your camper, your RV, or learn how to um, deal with the black water tanks. We, so we have all of that happening all the time. And then if you, um, you know, like the harvest host, if you are camping alone, you're, if you're using harvest host, you're not really camping alone because there's a host there that you can ask questions and, and maybe feel safer about. And then finally, I think this is such a good resource. Whatever your camper is, there is a there is a group out there for you. So if you have questions about your RV, there's a there's a scamp one. There's, you know, any camper that is out there, there's a Facebook or a, an Instagram group where people are 
I think campers are some of the most generous and and really kind people and you can find help. Um, and and I, I do think groups are the way to go if, if you're just starting out and you're nervous. Yeah, those are great, those are great tips, great idea. Um, if anyone wanted to learn more about you, uh, find your books, uh, you know, maybe even buy your books, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, um, uh, where could they go? Um, so I have a website, it's called escapewithkim.com and then all my social media is that as well. So it's at escape with Kim and then I can also be found at girl camper, um, in the about pages there. That's awesome. Well, we're so glad that you uh, stopped camping in tents and picked up a trailer. Uh, uh, th that was a good year to do that. Um, but uh, I, we appreciate your work. We appreciate your uh, your writing and, and sharing those stories um, for the rest of us who are dying to get back out there. Well, thank you. I'm, it was really fun to be here with you. Hey, business owners. Are you interested in earning extra revenue? Harvest Host is a platform that connects over 200,000 RVers to local businesses for overnight stays. The model is simple. Hosts open up a space for RVers to park for one night, and in turn, travelers spend money at the business. And there's no cost to be a host. In fact, hosts make an average of $15,000 in extra revenue every year and meet some amazing folks. Visit harvesthost.com forward slash hosts to get started today. This episode tip is sponsored by Battle Born Batteries, the best in lithium ion batteries and full power system solutions that help RVers like you get out there and stay out there. Their boondocking tip is to always pair a minimum of 200 watts of solar to every 100 amps of batteries in your power system. Be sure to visit battlebornbatteries.com for more off-grid tips and tricks. I'm Alyssa Javadi and I'm from Kalispell, Montana. Um, so I once went on a month-long RV trip in a rented rig with my in-laws and my husband, all in the same rig. It was probably 25 feet really small, like almost too small, but it was actually a pretty good time. But that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is to talk about those situations when you're a new RVer and you don't realize that GPSs are different from your car. So again, back to this rented rig with my in-laws, what a, what a moment that was already. Uh, my husband thought that we would be able to take this back road um, to this ghost town. I think it was probably Nevada or somewhere middle of nowhere ghost town. Anyway, we get to this road. It's up this mountain. I, I don't even know if I could walk up this mountain on my two feet, but my husband is determined to get this rig up the mountain. It is probably the only time that i had been like yeah for sure like this is how i die um but it was a really great moment and i know that we're not the only ones that have experienced this you know halfway hanging off a mountain and a rented rig don't tell cruise america um microwave plate rattling in-laws clenching the table and you know i hope we all have a story like that um but yeah just wanted to call on the fact that those uh, rv gps's are more important than we could ever think they would be and yeah, so that's my 
crazy, wild, and exciting RV story to share with you. Thank you for listening to the Roads and Stays audio magazine brought to you by Harvest Hosts. Thank you for another great story from the road. Well, that's the show this time around. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast and let us know what stories and tips you want to hear more of. Until next time, we hope you have safe travels and we'll see you down the road.